Remember when life was less complicated? Of course you do. We went to the store whenever we wanted. We took walks, but we didn't stroll down the middle of the street. We went to the movies. We gathered with neighbors, took walks in the woods, chatted with people on the trails. We shook hands, we hugged, we gathered, and without realizing it, we celebrated the joy and richness of everyday life, one big element of which is human closeness. I mean, look, let's just say it. Touch. We touched, and that's really important. Now, we can't do that, and it's painful and boring and heartbreaking and disheartening. We invent engagement protocols on the fly because we've never played this game with these rules before. Six feet, bump elbows, hearty laughter to disguise our fear. We're suspicious of friends and neighbors and even family members, not because we don't trust them, but because of the potential that some second or third or fourth tier contact with someone on their part could bring pain in our direction. We retreat, we pull away, we isolate. We use terms like pandemic and lockdown and social distancing. But business and society must go on, so we embrace the gifts of technology, so much so that nouns become verbs. We Zoom and WebEx and Skype. We do Teams and FaceTime and BlueJeans and a hundred other virtual, cloud-based, networked, on-screen, not-really-there applications so that we can wave at each other and pretend it's just as good as if we were actually together. But let's face it, we're pretending. That's okay, because those tools help us carry on with some degree of safe social contact, but it ain't the same. Remember when AT&T's advertising slogan was, Reach out, reach out and touch someone. Reach out, call up and just say hi. Reach out, reach out and touch someone. That's from an early AT&T ad, and it really makes the point. As we navigate this never-before-experienced landscape of separation and loneliness, it occurs to me that obviously AT&T didn't mean that literally. They meant it as in a touching gesture. Because in those days, a phone call could be a significant investment in someone else, someone we cared about, someone for whom we were willing to spend considerable money just for the pleasure of hearing their voice. Personally, I think they were pretty prescient. Today, of course, that's no longer an issue. It costs nothing to call someone, whether they're next door or at the bottom of the Southern Hemisphere. And what this caused me to ask myself was a really simple question. When was the last time I did something unexpected that truly touched someone? And I don't necessarily mean a close family member, although they need to be in the equation as well. I'm talking about someone I haven't spoken with in a long time, maybe someone I haven't even thought about in far too long. The human closeness that makes us human and makes us feel cared for is in short supply right now for reasons that are all too obvious. But that doesn't mean we can't fire off a few surprises. As I mentioned in an earlier episode, I recently started a letter-writing campaign. I picked a handful of people I really care about, and I wrote them letters, with a pen, on paper. I addressed an envelope to them, reintroduced myself to the taste of envelope glue, dropped the letters in the mailbox, put the flag up, something I haven't done in a long time. And then I waited. And sure enough, within a week, letters started coming back, all written by hand and all really heartfelt. I didn't ask for a written response. People just did it. 
And they weren't just quick, guilty responses to wipe away a debt that I held over their heads. They were real, heartfelt, and thoughtful, and they made my day every time I got one. More than that, though, they had interesting, unintended consequences that came in two forms. One, which I heard from quite a few of the people I wrote to, was that my letter had sparked something deep in their psyches and that they'd gone on to write letters to other people in their lives that they hadn't been in touch with in a long time. One friend, about my age, told me about the box of letters from his grandmother that he still had, and how he'd always looked forward to her letters every week when he was a kid. He said that my letter caused him to pull the box out of the closet and read them again. He cried because the memory touched him. The other unintended consequence was that people committed, let's go ahead and just say it, random acts of kindness because the letter opened a door. One of my friends has begun to put handwritten cards under the windshield wipers of strangers' cars, little notes that just say, hey, I don't know you, but I hope you're doing okay. Take care of yourself and enjoy the day. Another has started a pyramid letter. You remember those? This guy lives in Spain. He asked his friends to order a package of postcards and send quick little messages to friends with the request that they send a message on to three friends. The only difference is that he doesn't ask them to put their name at the bottom of the list, so it isn't really a pyramid letter. But it is a viral message of thoughtfulness. Now, I'm not the only one doing things like this. One of our longtime neighbors down the street knocked on the door the other night and introduced himself as the wine fairy. He handed us a bottle of fine Chardonnay, telling us that he had decided to give away his entire cellar, which is big, by the way, one bottle at a time, because it makes him feel good, and it might make somebody else feel good, too. A woman in our town, whom I don't know, has become the bread fairy. She put a message on Front Porch Forum that said she's baking fresh homemade bread, and anybody who wants a loaf, drop her a line. No charge, just a request to pay the kindness forward somehow. All this kindness really made me smile, so I reached out to other friends all over the world and asked them what the coolest act of kindness was that they'd either seen or heard about. The answers are all over the map, and I can't wait to try a bunch of them, so here we go. One of my customers in California took his $200 COVID stimulus payment and converted it into $10 gift cards, which he then randomly gave away. Once a month, a friend of mine down in Texas pays for the groceries of the person in front of her. Another person I know who lives in Wyoming eats out once a month at a local restaurant with her husband. You know, they sit outside like everybody, but at the end of their meal, they buy dessert for every table in the restaurant and then leave before anyone knows who did it. Finally, an old friend of mine in Berkeley drops off bags of red foam rubber clown noses at the local hospital to give to all the kids in the ER just to give them something else to think about. I guess my point is that It doesn't take much to make a difference. Just a smile, a compliment, a laugh at the right moment can do a world of good, especially when a lot of people feel like we're in a world of bad. So I suggest that we all stop and think for a minute and ask ourselves, how can we take AT&T's incredibly good advice? How can we reach out and touch someone? When a faraway voice sounds as close as you feel, that's reach out and touch someone. That's AT&T. 
Hey, thanks for dropping by. I'm Steve Shepard, the host of the Natural Curiosity Project, where we're committed to the idea that curiosity leads to discovery, discovery leads to knowledge, knowledge leads to insight, and insight leads to understanding. In every episode, we explore some topic that piqued our curiosity enough to make us want to share it with you. I hope you enjoy the journey. And if you did, I'd appreciate it if you'd leave a comment over at iTunes or SoundCloud, wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you very much. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.